Hey guys, it's Mathis. Before we get started in the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a couple of mentions first right off the top. First up, listen, uh, there's things in the magazine, Racer X magazine, every month that you'll never read online, and we put a lot of work into them, and they're not just all about race results and everything else that you'll hear here. Something that myself and Don Maeda talk about in here. But uh, right now, Racer X online, uh, go there to uh, get subscription to the magazine. What, what From now until June 10th, Whenever you're going to hear this, people can get three issues of the magazine for two ninety nine print or digital, or ninety nine cents if you want it just on the digital only. People, three issues, three bucks, print or digital, or ninety nine cents for the digital copy only. So, if you've let your subscription lapse in the last little while, get back into it and uh, please read some articles in there that uh, I'm telling you, we put more work, more effort into that than uh, we do for many things online. Uh, so yeah, just uh, please check it out. Let us know, and that's the deal, folks. Enjoy this podcast. Hey everybody, it's Steve Mathis. I'm proud to say that insulin for diabetes was invented right there in my home country of Canada. Same great country that brought us Ross, Rollerball Peterson, and of course, Putin. It was a shocker to me to learn that on the average, the same insulin in the United States can be upwards of 10 times more expensive than the same product in Canada. The Prairie Insulin and Meds believes that taking care of your health shouldn't burden you financially. I think we all can agree on that. Uh, we've been able to team up with those guys to get Pulpamex customers an additional 10% off the already low Canadian prices on insulin and all other prescription medications. Check it out. Tell your family and friends. PrairieInsulin.com. Make sure you tell them Pulpamex sent you to get your discount. Thanks for listening, everybody. A Pulpamex Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast Show, presented by Maxis and Rental. I'm Steve Mathis, with me, remote podcast location today uh buried here in uh jeremy mcgrath's truck racing shop perhaps you've heard of that guy uh, i want to thank the folks at fly racing flyracing.com please check them out on the web and uh yeah uh, get, get some new stuff kinetic kinetic 20 20 20 and a half kinetic mesh stuff is out now and uh so order it they've got a whole special deal for this covid19 thing where they'll give you some goggles if you buy a helmet they'll give you some socks if you buy boots they'll give you gloves if you buy gear go to flyracing.com to learn more about that Thank you, Renthal, as well. Uh, absolutely. Grab life by the bars. Uh, the Fat Bar 36 is out now. And uh, thanks for those guys for coming on board. More championships than any other brands combined uh, from the folks at Renthal. Since 1969, they've been making handlebars. And thanks to Maxis as well. Uh, Maxis, big sponsor is Jeremy McGrath. He developed the MXST tire used by Alex Ray and Supercross as well as AJ Cantanzaro. So when it comes to Maxis, Jeremy McGrath is all things Maxis. Uh, so thanks to those guys for coming on board this podcast. Stoked to do this, uh, like I said, remotely. 
the uh, mastermind of SwapMotoLive.com, uh, a moto media journalist. He's been around forever. Uh, it's Don Maeda. What's up, Swap? How are you? Hey, man. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Yeah. You know, especially since we're mortal enemies. Yes. According to Pulp Nation. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, <laughs> well, you shouldn't have tested that star bike, Don. I don't, you know, I just really <laughs> wanted to screw you over. <laughs> uh, thanks for doing this. I just did the Swap Moto Live video show, so that'll be out. I don't know. I don't know when this is coming out or when Couple that's coming weeks, out. Yeah. But um, so thanks for having me. We rode mountain bikes today with the greatest retired racer ever, Ryan Villapoto. Ever. Yeah. The, and the possibly the largest uh, e-bike enthusiast in the world he's did very he big supporter did, he, did you hear him say at all this is better than sliced bread no i didn't hear oh, that part. he says yeah. that every time we ride <laughs> this is the best this is the greatest he uh he loves it right and uh you said he's got a, a regular bike but he's ridden it once yeah he's got it for sale over at roy cyclery now right. because he went he, he got it he built it and then he bought the top of the line specialized turbo levo s-works bike yeah and he has his uh, stumpy for sale. Yeah, man, it's fun. E-bikes are great. And and for people who don't know, you I mean you're the one that got me going. I, I think I, you were mountain biking all the time, and I was bugging you about hey, mountain bike action. Are you going mountain bike action? You know, <laughs> you would just talk about mountain bikes, and uh, it was a little jab I would give you every time I saw you. And then at some point, I remember saying like. Uh, Hey man, our e-bikes, like, do you actually get an exercise, a workout riding an e-bike? Like, I don't know anything about these things. And you were like, no, you totally do. And, uh, you pushed Sean, who was then at Specialized to mm. get me a Levo. And he sent me one and just said, look, if you're not going to use it, send it back. But if you use it, great. And, uh, and that got me going on mountain bikes right yeah. there, that e-bike. And then I took it out and I've already liked and enjoyed mountain bike. I used to have a Marin in the early nineties mm -hmm. and I put the, uh, answer rock shocks <laughs> on it through answer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and all that. So I had the handlebar, uh, oh, the bar ends, bar ends. Yeah. Were they anodized blue? No, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were aluminum. No, no, I know, but uh, no, I had, no, they weren't anodized. No, oh, they were just see, aluminum color, silver, silver. Oh, really? Uh, I put them on Instagram and you made fun of them on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so I liked mountain bike anyway, anyways, and that Levo thing just rekindled my love. And now, I'm uh, a year and a half, two years into trying to get out when I can, Don. Trying to get out. Oh, I got an hour. I'm gonna go. Yeah. You know, it ch <laughs> it changes uh, it changes your life and your priorities. And yeah. a day without getting out to ride is not a complete day. Yeah. Like I sleep better at night. Yeah. I'm happier. I'm nicer yep. to my wife. <laughs> my wife's getting into it a little bit too, which yeah, is cool. I saw that. Like she's actually still frustrated, and we're still working through the shifting thing. But yeah. but but she's. Way already gone out way more times than I thought she would. Yeah. So, you know, good. so that's pretty cool. Good for you, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. Um, so I want to talk about Ross too. your brother, Ross, Maeda. Mm -hmm. we definitely want to talk about Ross. Um, but we had you on the Pulp of X show the right week after, after yeah. trans world mm -hmm. ended. So we're a week or we're a year and some over that. Yeah. How's things going? How is it? And, and don't, don't, uh, don't exaggerate. How's it going? Oh, it's good. Um, so at the time we did the show, right, we were still in negotiations to purchase Transworld Motocross yeah. from American Media who bought it. Yep. Um, we made an offer. They laughed at us. We made another offer. But, you know, you don't want to want to start low. Yeah, so. of course. Um, but we were uh, coming to an agreement. Like they said, okay, that could work. You know, the controller okay. guy was talking. Oh, I didn't know we even got this far. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Saw, yeah, yeah, that could work. Literally, that was a, a Friday, right? And then that weekend is when the Bezos Pecker scandal hit. Oh, okay. The, the black yeah. one, right? Where, yeah. where Pecker had pictures of Bezos sending his penis to yep. his girlfriend. Yep. That hit, and we call him to follow up because they said they were going to call us Monday at noon. Yeah. We call, and the controller's all, yeah, we're not interested in selling right now. We have some other business to attend to. And I say, 
does this have to do with the scandal? And he goes, no comment. Yeah. And call us back in, I think he said six weeks. Yeah. So we're like, wow, six weeks is a long time to sit around with our fingers in our butts, right? Yeah. So uh, tried a few more times, and it was pretty apparent that we weren't going to get to buy the book back. And I think the big nail in the coffin for us on that plan was, uh, you know, I, I had a subscription to Transworld Motocross that I bought also, just so I could see yep. when the magazine comes versus when we ship it. I got a, a letter in the mail saying, you know, Transworld Motocross has ceased publication. Your subscription will be fulfilled with Men's Journal. Yeah. So right there, that takes the world's largest motocross magazine and makes it worth jack shit because, can I say shit on you? Yeah, yeah, you can say anything. It, it yeah. makes it worth jack shit, jack shit because there's no subscribers, right? Right. So it's like even if I bought Transworld Motocross back, I wouldn't get the subscription list, yeah. right? So, but losing, But losing the social... Facebook and Instagram, that, that one hurts to start, yeah. a, to start a brand. Especially because yeah. I started the Instagram because my daughters were like, dad, check out this app. It's yeah. cool. And so without anyone telling me, you know, none yeah. of the social media experts at work, yeah. I started TWMX.com and, yeah. and, you know, and, and Chris Kinman before me started our Facebook, yeah. you know, when, when I was uninterested in it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so we did these on our own, uh, the Instagram was registered to my personal. Okay. So they, at some point you had to give, give them ownership of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. so, you know, after we started and after everyone else in the company yeah. started yeah. catching on to the Instagram thing, you know, the social media director yeah. said, okay, everyone has to give us the passwords and everything. Oh. And they changed them all. You know, we still had the passwords, yeah, and but, but they, they, they had control. access to it. Yeah. And so when we got told that we were bought and all being laid off, they had changed the, they already Instagram changed it. Password. By the time I pulled my phone out and I tried to log in, it was I was logged out. Oh, so we got yeah. screwed over yeah. pretty bad. But uh, you know what, though, I mean, starting a magazine again, you know, like you said, for obvious reasons, you weren't going to do it because now you lost your base. But did you want to get back into that <laughs> for a short amount of time? Right? Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm a print guy. We got to do print again. Yeah. <laughs> I think that lasted about one month. Yeah. And then I was like, it was weird because, you know, everyone's telling me, oh, Prince dead, Prince dead, Prince dying. And because I was, you know, up to my eyes in it, I'm like, no, it's good. You know, my argument was, hey, if I told, if I told, uh, you know, Christian Craig, hey, you're going to be on the cover of the next Transworld Motocross, he'd be yeah. pumped. Right. Uh, Dude, what do we do? Or yeah. uh, what yeah. do you want me to do for the photo? But if I said, hey, Christian. Wednesday wallpapers is the Christian Craig uh, edition, and then we'll have twelve pictures of you. He'd be like, "Huh, cool." Yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't even look at it. Yeah. So I was of the opinion that print mattered, right? Yeah. Um, and I was buying magazines at the time. I was still uh, subscribed to several titles, and like I was going to the store and buying mountain biking magazines yeah. and cycling magazines yeah. and uh, photography magazines, and my big pitch was like, Hey, you know, when I want to uh, find out instant information, I go on Google or go on a website and I find something out. And when an ad pops up, I get pissed and I close it because yeah. it's, it's interfering with my uh, search or it's, it's, it's delaying my uh, satisfaction. Yeah. Here, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, but in a magazine, the ads are part of the experience, yeah. right? hundred percent. Like yeah. So that was my argument. But then I noticed that once I was laid off from Transworld and I was not producing a magazine, yeah. I found myself not going to Barnes and Nobles and perusing the newsstands. 
and I found myself not even reading the magazine that showed up, right? Uh-huh. And it, it's weird, dude. Yeah. I, I've looked at a couple magazines since in the last year. Yeah. One of them was Racer X. I looked at it because everyone said, you got to look at the cover stock now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. But uh, it, it's weird. It's when, you, when, you're, when you're not in it, it doesn't matter. See, I I get the print is dead people. I understand that. And we're fighting an uphill battle at Racer X because people think the, the consensus is like, I don't want to read about Daytona in the magazine because I just watched it and I read everything online. Mm-hmm. And we're trying... It's not Daytona. We're not talking about Daytona results and the race. We get it. We know that as well. But the features that I do in Racer X Magazine almost every month are some of the, the hardest working, most time I spend. Mm-hmm. And you know this from, from Transport. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to tell people like, look, they're dirt cheap to get three issues of, of the magazine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not expensive anymore. You can get it digitally on an iPad and out in your phone and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we put so much more work into that magazine yeah. than we do with an online article. And they're all different things that you'll never read. Yeah. You know, I'll call this guy and do a backstory on this guy and whatever. And uh, dude, it just, I don't know how we get people to realize that anymore. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the world has changed, right? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> you know, I, I think I have two unique daughters, right? Mm-hmm. And that they love to read books still. Yeah. And I get pumped when I see them reading books, but they don't look at magazines. Yeah. But they read books. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like yeah. everything is in this damn piece of machinery that's in our pocket. You I know? had a person tell me, an industry person tell me, I never read the Instagram captions anymore. I just look at <laughs> stories. <laughs> like they're now at that point. Yeah. So now they've gone from, I never read magazines to, I only read social media to now this guy says, I never read a one caption on Instagram post. I just look at stories. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, that's where we're at. You were posting Instagram stories of like uh, old photos and old throwbacks of your family and growing up and mm-hmm. three wheelers and stuff. And uh, and you were writing a long thing about the history of that photo and what happened. And mm-hmm. I loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was great. Um, and then, the, to me, the magazine, I love to read. I, I love yeah. to read a magazine. And I, man, I just, we got to get these people into realizing how much work we as a staff at Racer X and you yeah. did at Transworld yeah. puts into this damn thing. You know, you know what's know? funny is I thought, okay, so we, we've started Swapmoto Live, right? Yeah. I'm like, dude, life is good. It's going to be so easy when did, not having when a did, magazine. Was the runner up for Swapmoto Live Anton Moto Live? <laughs> was that ever in the running? You know what's funny is, is, the Swap Moto Live thing, we started, you know, the talk show. Yeah. I want to say seven months before we Football all got laid off, right? yeah. So we had that name. And that's, it's kind of like the default. We just went with that because yeah. it had a little bit of brand rec- recognition and some yep. equity in the logo and yep. all that. And I owned it because when we, when the, the opportunity to do the show came up, it was brought to me. Yeah. And Frank wanted me to do it. Yeah. And so I took it to my boss and said, Hey, I got this thing. I'm going to do this. You will get all the ad revenue for it, but it's mine. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I quit, I'm taking it with me. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, wow. Technically anything you do yeah. pertaining yeah. to the sport is intellectual yeah. property. And I'm all, okay, fuck you. Then I'm not going to bring it. We're yeah. not going to do it. Right. So you either get like, you know, 20 yeah, grand yeah, a month yeah. out of this or not. Or nothing. And he's all, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we shook hands on it. So, <laughs> so anyway, Thankfully, they didn't pursue me afterwards yeah. or something. But, uh, yeah. you know, I since trademarked the name and the, the logo. Right, done all that, that. But, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, it's funny because when we started doing it, I'm like, oh, we're just going to call it Swap Mode Live. And I was a little bit hesitant about it, you know, because it's like, I don't, it's not all about me. Yeah. I, I could yeah. not do this without Anton. Yeah. 
you know, and, and could not do it without Chase or, or Donnie or Dahmer. Like, yeah. it's a team effort. But we went with it because it had brand equity already, right? Yeah. And it's funny because Jamie Ellis at Twisted Development, he's awesome guy. You know him, right? I don't. I don't okay. know him, no. Like, he's the kindest, most genuine, giving guy. And he calls me and he goes, hey, man, how's things going? He goes, this was cool. He's all, if you or anyone in your staff are struggling with money right now, I'll hire you guys to just help around the shop to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how cool yeah, he is, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, hey, I, get, I put Anton on the payroll for Pulp you did. For, for a month or whatever. Like, I just said, hey, go to this race. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll pay you whatever. Like, yeah, I didn't need to, but I was yeah. like, hey, dude, let me help you. Yeah. So, but then we're talking and he goes, can I tell you something? What? And he goes, I wouldn't call it that. I go, why? Oh, yeah. And he goes, I just, you know, like, because people are egotistical. And I go, well, no, I'm not doing it yeah. because of ego. You know, it's, you know, like, it's just, yeah, it's easy. It's a good transition. And he's all, no, because like, you know, what if. What if, like, your guy Anton, like, he doesn't want to be known as, like, Swap Moto Live because yeah. you're Swap. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to talk with Anton about it, and he's like, no, no, yeah. no that's cool. So, um, you know, I could, I, I would say, like. And it's not, first of all, it's not Don Maeda Live. Like, your real name is yeah. Don Maeda. Yeah. It's Swap. Like, it, it has a connotation to Moto, Swap. You know, mm-hmm. your nickname is Swap. You want to know yeah. where Swap Moto came from? Where? So I've been Swap since yeah. you and I have been friends, Yeah, right? forever. <laughs> So when we finally got a, uh, our new website at Transworld, Garth and I got the website going yeah. in the early days, and we signed in, and I was Swap on the on the on the on the website. That was my author name. Yeah, but that, you had Swap before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, okay, no, no, yeah, but yeah. I was Swap. Yeah, yeah, something happened, and I got logged out, and I had to create another username, and Swap was taken. Oh, right. Oh gosh. So I just, what do I do, Garth? And Garth's email was GMX Moto okay. at the time. So he's like, just Moto. So I made it Swap Moto. Swap Moto. So Swap Moto was my username on the Transworld website ah, okay. forever. Yeah. And it's funny because no one ever called me Swap Moto. Yeah. They called yeah. me Swap. Yeah. The only person that ever called me Swap Moto was Jake Weimer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He was like, hey, oh, for... what's up, Swap Moto? But, right, right. But, uh, but yeah, like no one calls me yeah. that. Yeah. It's just. Uh, um, so starting a brand from scratch. uh You've got a couple of ad guys, got Anton, mm-hmm. you got Chase, Chase. Yeah, right? dude. So what, what's, here, it, what's it like? Here's the thing is like, I, I didn't realize how easy I had it at Transworld <laughs> just being the editor in chief, you yeah. know, like honestly, I didn't even look at my budgets because I only hired guys that were self-sufficient, right? Mm-hmm. Could write, shoot photos, shoot yep. video, edit. So like, as opposed to like Transworld Surf, Transworld Skate that buys photos and buys stories from people. We did everything ourselves, right? So right. I, I would have this big budget for buyout, but I never used it. Yeah. But we went far over on on T and E. Okay. Because we had Which to go to every Just travel next travel. Okay, yeah. Because we had to go to every race, right? Yeah. But so if I'm way over here, but way under here, yeah, bottom line it evens out, right? Yeah. But I never did all this. Like the biggest pain in my ass was my Monday morning managers meeting. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But uh. Dude, I'll tell you the hardest part about my position right now is is worrying about the business end. Yeah. Thankfully, my wife is a badass. Oh yeah. She does she the does billing. All that. Yeah. She's all that. She has a full time job, but she works four ten hour days, and yep. on Fridays she's mine. Yeah, yeah. So she does the billing and stuff for me. Yeah. But uh, um, dude, well, 
I'm a much smaller operation, but I do all of that. I do the billing. Mm-hmm. I get, I sell the ads. Yeah. I work out the payment structure. I work out the reads. I, I, I see. Do you have a hard time selling the ads and producing the content? Because I, like for me, I want it separate, right? Yeah. Because my ad guys can sell, sell the ad, but then. No, like, I think it's easier I, because they have a personal relationship with you. That's true. They're, these I, I these are know. people that I'm calling and I'm just like, Hey bro. And like, they're like, yeah, I know who you are. Or, I, yeah. or, 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 or you know, we, yeah. we got hammered in new Orleans in 1998. So I know who you are. And you know what I mean? <laughs> people like I have personal relationships with. So, yeah. but I'll tell you what, I would love to have another guy. I got Swiss core, a guy named Swiss core that helps me mm-hmm. out, but he doesn't, he just does the back end stuff of the web yeah. stuff. And Travis Marks helps me out as well. But I would love to have, I look at your operation that you just started. I'm like, I need a guy to sell ads and to invoice and to like, make arrange podcasts and call people and you know yeah. but i don't know man i don't know how yeah. you uh, yeah well you know it's like honestly i don't i could probably do something myself like just anton and i or something yeah. on, on a lower level but we're trying to do it yeah bigger scale yeah you know? for so sure. so uh, i would have loved to brought my whole staff yeah from from transrail mode over but yeah. uh it you know, financially it didn't make sense. Right. So are you, are you in the same tax bracket you were before? Or is this the thing been, is, um, is this thing been a I, big hit? Or, I like, am earning a little bit more than half my previous salary. Oh, okay. Yeah. But dude, quality yeah. of life, <laughs> 10 times better. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like, honestly, like I came home, right. That from the night we got fired and, uh, so that was the end of January and the yeah. whole family, we'd just gone to the Paris Supercross, right. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, we also, we saw you there and it was like, I was the, thing that was the biggest thing in my mind was like man i've been able to do so much cool stuff with my family yeah like we just had the awesome time in france yeah and i was like it's all over <laughs> i mean it's it's over it's, we'll, we'll we'll never get to do anything like, yeah. like that again or like cost a lot of money or you know yeah, yeah. we're gonna be eating pork and beans and ramen you know <laughs> and so i was like in this huge like what am i gonna do what am i gonna yeah. do? you know my wife has a good job um, but she didn't work for 20 years of our marriage because yeah. I wanted to raise the kids. Right. Since then, she's gone back. Yeah. Dude, she's high up in this engineering firm. And I think the coolest thing is like I came home that night and I was just like, first thing I thought was like, we're losing our house. Isn't that, you know, totally, <laughs> Armageddon un- totally, is here. totally yeah, unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But my daughter, Samantha, she's uh, by, by, by degree, she's an anthropologist. Right? Okay. But she's been working at this engineering firm with my wife since she was in high school. It's like odd jobs, yep. filling pair work. She's a badass there, right? And she's like highly regarded there at the time and she's killing it. Right. And she just goes, yo, dad, don't worry about food or whatever. I'll, I'll buy the groceries and I'll pay whatever bills you need. Just do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, like, that's wow, cool. Dad, yeah, yeah. It's dad it's, moments in there. Right, yeah. But, yeah, you're uh, like, I never expected my kid to say that to me. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, long story short, you know, we're... We've been in the black since day one. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we've dipped into our capital investment a couple times for a tiny bit. Yep. Um, but, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're paying five of us. We're paying commissions. We're covering all of our expenses. We're yeah. getting the races and everything. And, That's awesome. Yeah. You know, life isn't as deluxe, but financially, but Freedom. quality of life yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's and, good. That's good to hear. there's far more satisfaction. Right. You know, like when I... Look at the website. I'm so proud of it. You know? Right. Yeah, it's got to be a sense of ownership, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you had that at Transworld, though. I did. But ownership, at, here's yeah. the thing is that Transworld, I knew how hard I had to work to be better than all the other magazine editors in the building. Yeah. 
And I knew how hard I had to work to meet deadlines, right? Yeah. And I also knew how hard I worked to be able to fuck off and ride bicycles all day. Yeah. Because I got my work done, right? Yeah. But because I own this now and I know the harder I work, the more money we'll make. Yeah, yeah. It was really hard for me to turn it off. And I realized that because you'll understand this. So in 2018, my Strava year in total was like almost 4,000 miles. Yeah. And last year it was 1,800. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't ride, you know? And so like this year I was like, I got to know when to close the computer and (laughs) and ride and do do something for myself. But uh, that's cool. It's good. It's satisfying. It's growing. We're making ends meet. Um, I just think there's so many people that still don't know about us, you know? Yeah. They're like a lot of people like uh, California is pretty well saturated and in the know, right? Yeah. But like there's been some race events I've participated in this year. Yep. Like the World Vets last year. Yeah. You know, so people come from all over the country, right? Right. So I'm walking around the pits in my gear with A-Ray's dad, you know? Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. so many people came to me, Don Maeda, hey, dude. I love your stuff. What are you I, doing now? I haven't been able to find a trans world anywhere. <laughs> like people don't know that yeah, trans world yeah. cross is gone. No, right? when you get out there and you realize it, it's, I, I did these videos for you when I worked for one year at trans world, the bike bandit. People videos. still watch them. Oh yeah. And I get people are being like, dude, I see you in the bike bandit videos. And I'm like, Oh cool. Bike bandit what are you doing around? now? I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, what are you doing now? I'm like, well, that was 2010. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> Pulp MX, Racer X. Uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah, it's, a, it's, uh, you, you understand how big everything is and, mm-hmm. and how much, you know, cause you and I, I mean, at Anaheim, we'll bump into anybody that knows us and knows what we're doing, but mm-hmm. there's a whole other world out there, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, you started MX Racer, mm-hmm. you started Trans World, started Swap Moto Live, and you worked at Dirt Rider when they had like a pretty formative moto section mm-hmm. going on. What was the funnest? Oh, right now, dude. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Because I own it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know what the best. <laughs> but I was a, thinking. On, on I, a trivia but level. I was thinking back in the day. Sorry, I interrupt you. Back in the day when salaries were higher and budgets were freer, maybe there was just, you know, more going on. That's all. Uh, no, because no. I'll tell you what, like at, at Cycle News. Yeah. Terrified of Jack Mangus, my editor. Okay. Like, terrified. <laughs> but I love that guy. Yeah. I owe that guy my work ethic. I don't even know who that is, to be honest. I really don't. Dude, he I'm, was gnarly. Yeah. Like, gnarly. Yeah. So, Kit wasn't your boss? No, no. Kit oh. was the associate editor. Though. Oh, okay. So, Jack Mangus was this old dude from Atlanta. Hired me. I came in, and I just remember, like, after, like, two or three weeks, he pulled me in, and he showed me the edits I was making on the locals. Yeah. He pulled up one of Tony Alessi's stories. Oh, yeah. And he's all, Look. You missed this. You missed this. You missed yeah. this. He goes, you're a real big disappointment right now. No. You're, you're going to be out of here if you don't shape up. And I was like, whoa. whoa. But he was gnarly. Yeah. He was so hard on me. Like, uh, I, I attribute a lot of my my managing style to him still. Yeah. You know, like, he would be like, Yo, you're not going to the races with that faggot hair. Because <laughs> I had long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, and he gave me this lame cycle news hat, this red corduroy cycle news. You're wearing this, and you're pulling your ponytail through the back. Yeah, like like that. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, like gnarly. Like if you if you're if you're he found out I took my my girlfriend at the time, Eileen, yeah, uh, my wife to the race. You better not be holding hands with her in the pits. You're professional. And yeah, you yeah, this and that. yeah. But anyway, so he was gnarly. So cycle news, super scared of Jack Mangus the whole time. And then he finally retired. Paul Carruthers took over. Yeah. And Paul was awesome. I loved working with him. Uh, he was very uh, supportive and encouraging. So I really enjoyed my Paul Carruthers years. Yep. But then Dirt Rider offered me a job. 
following in Ken Fott's footsteps yeah. because, you know, he went to Dirt Rider before me and then yeah. I went to Dirt Rider. And who's your boss there? Well, ultimately Tom Webb. Oh, Tom Webb. But yeah. Ken Fott was the editor. Okay, yeah. And but Wolfman was the the high high yeah. guy, right? But Ken was gnarly on me, dude. Like we were we were buddies, but he wanted to make sure I knew he was the boss, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like like there would be times when my phone would ring and I'd be in my office, and he'd say, "Come over here." I'd be, I'd run over there. Yeah, what's up? What do you need me to do? And he'd hand me the keys to his truck and say. And we were on like the 14th floor. Yeah. Hey, run these five helmets that just came down to my truck. <laughs> oh, come on. Really? Oh, he used to run. Uh, like I don't that. like that stuff. And it's funny because he would do that kind of stuff to yeah. me. And now we're great friends. Yeah, and yeah. We laugh about it, right? But um, so then I was, I eventually. And then were you, when I said Dirt Rider. I was the editor of but, the Moto section. Okay, so thing. I was right then. That yeah. was that was your thing then. Okay. Well, originally I, I was For a while there was an insert into every issue that yeah. was like Moto. Well, I yeah. got hired my first first uh title was test editor okay so i was in charge of the testing yep. but then there was a uh they didn't have three wheelers then so why are they putting you in charge of testing come on guys. So there's like a 14 15 page motocross only section yeah and so that yeah, yeah. Be, that I, was cool yeah I good became, colors like bright colors and yeah. yeah i was in charge of that and then we did a, a sip like a one time okay like the dirt rider motocross special or yep. whatever and then i got kind of fed up eventually with being Aaron boy taking stuff down. Yeah. So I told Tom Webb I'm going to quit and go back to school or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you can't, you can't. And so I pitched them idea of starting a bi-monthly motocross yeah. magazine, which was MX Razor. Yeah. So, oh, so be, that was your, you pitched that. It was your idea. Like, to be fair, Ken and I pitched Okay. It, all right. You know? But I was the editor. Yep. And, uh, even when I was there. Cause dude, you got to think about like, so this is Peterson publishing. Yeah. Uh, to, to start a whole magazine from scratch, that's a huge thing. Yeah, I mean. and, but you know, it was me. Yeah. It was me and Mitch Ikimoto, my art director. Okay. And uh, But even there, there was some weird power plays. Like when Jeremy was going from Suzuki to Yamaha, mm-hmm. but he knew he was leaving Suzuki, but didn't know where he was going. Yeah. Like MC and I were tight, right? Yeah. So I had photos of Jeremy doing knack-knacks on number two Suzuki, Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki. Okay. Right? Yeah. Ready to go for the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember I had it, and Ken went to Tom and said, uh, we're the bigger title. We want that oh, photo yeah, for the yeah. cover. Like, you know, because yeah. you know, Don has it, but yeah. we yeah. deserve yeah, the cover. Yeah, but we deserve yeah. And I was like, losing my mind over it, right? I just, uh, I talked to Dennis Cox a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Remember Ketchup Cox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said Jody and him got into it because Jody couldn't do that, but he, Jody was pissed that when Cox would get things for Super Motocross. Yeah that Jody wouldn't get. And it was a huge thing. And I'm like, but aren't you all one family? Yeah. No, 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 for sure. So, uh, so then, you know, just by chance, I ran into Brad McDonald at the Indy trade show. Yeah. Brad founded ride BMX and snap BMX and sold to Transworld media. Yep. And he's, he said, Hey, we want to start a motocross magazine and you're the guy. Yeah. And I have to give that credit to my friend, Warren Johnson. Remember Warren Johnson of Fox racing now. He's back with Fox now. So oh, he is? He's a sales oh, guy okay. in, in Atlanta, I believe. But okay. uh, he was Brad's neighbor. Okay. And then he was like, Don's the guy. Yeah. Don's the he's guy. He's got so, us, yeah. Yeah, so that was um, 2000. Were you st- was was uh, MX Racer still around? MX Racer, was, I was still did, the editor. So MX Racer ended when you left? Like no, they, it lasted oh, one year. Oh, it did? About, oh that's yeah. right, because Cooley took over? Or? No, no, no. Who took uh, over? So I had, I had hired... Uh, 
So at MX Racer, it was just me yeah. and my art director, right? Yeah. And but it was bi-monthly, so it was easy. I could yeah. do the whole magazine. And I remember my uh, my editorial director was like, "No, dude, you got to hire someone. We want you to hire somebody." Yeah. So I hired a guy named Cameron Coatney away okay. from Cycle News because yeah. Clayton College, right? Like, oh, this got to be bad. Right, out. right, right. We didn't really jive. I didn't really appreciate his work ethic and stuff, so I let him go. It was just me again, and I was happy as a clam. <laughs> and uh, put the came, whole book together though, just one guy. It's easy, really, because by monthly, because it's by monthly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so then they wanted me to hire someone again. So right, so I was like, dude. So I hired a guy that I liked hanging out with, and I knew I could, you know, teach. So I hired a guy named Corey Newer. Okay. And he was so fun to work with, you know, like yep. I taught him stuff, and he was there. And uh, when I when I ended up getting the opportunity to go to, to Transworld, I resigned, and uh, uh, Corey stayed, and they hired a guy named Jerry Dyer from England oh. to take over MX Racer. I and, remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy was a kook. Yeah. Right? And uh, anyway, so uh, Garth Milan was a editorial intern at Dirt Rider under Ken. Okay. And Ken would just abuse him and run him into the ground yeah. at the time. And I was like, <laughs> I knew Garth and he was cool. And I'm like, hey, dude, do you really want to work for Ken? Or do you want to come with me yeah. and start this new thing? And he's like, I'll come with you. Yeah. So Garth and I started Transworld in uh, beginning of 2000 and. It was fun. I learned yeah. a lot from Brad McDonald too. Yeah. You know, Brad obviously yeah. owns Vital. Yeah, he's accident. Vital now. Yeah. yeah. Did, and so he, where did he leave? He left Transworld to go start Vital? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I want to say uh, Brad, uh, Times Mirror was our first owner. Okay. Right? Brad had sold his magazines, BMX magazines to Times Mirror. Yep. Times Mirror Publishing owned Transworld Motocross. We launched. Uh, then we got bought by Time Warner. Time Warner owned us, and Brad's contract, non-compete, yeah. expired. Yeah. And one day he called me to his house, and I went to his house, and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I'm leaving. And I was just like, oh, man. Yeah. And so he left to go start Vital. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I can't afford you now, but I'm going to come get you someday. Yeah. And I was like, okay, because like, I really liked Brad. Yeah. I really respected him. I learned yeah. so much from him. And, uh, I was in my head. I was yeah. like, I'm going to go work at Vital MX someday. But, yeah. um, you know, then the new owners came in and, you know, just it, went. Everything worked out right. Yeah. Transworld kept building. And, Crazy to build uh, two titles like that from scratch a little bit. And yeah. A um, couple things here. Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Don Maeda, presented by the folks at uh, Renthal and Maxis as well. And Racetech. God, Racetech's been around forever. I'm sure yeah. you had. Paul Theed yeah. is the smartest guy he, I know. He, I love talking to that guy. He is. And uh, Pulp20 is a code to save at racetech.com. Get your motor work done. Get your suspension work done. A um, couple things. Um, I love it. During this COVID-19 thing, I've been going back and reading old cycle news. <laughs> and I've seen more than a few bylines of Davey Coombs and Don Maeda. Yeah. Like that. that, that is hilarious. You guys yeah. were friendly rivals uh, for a long time in magazine business and and, and anything. And then at times you guys were riding together for Cycle News, teaming yeah. up for Disney Nation's coverage you know or something. You know what's funny is I was showing you that old MX racer with yeah. Damon Huffman on the yeah. cover. I have Davey Coombs' stories in that. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, he contributed to right. the MX racer. He was like the East Coast guy, right? Like he, yeah. I think he would hit up everybody be like, hey, guys, if you need an East Coast national covered, yeah. you know, I'll do it. I remember I used to like give him shit when I was at Cycle News because I'd read stories in uh, Racer X newspaper, right? Yeah. And he would steal my rider quotes. And put him in. Oh, he would? Or, no, 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 not oh. there, not there. 
he was a contributor to Dirt Rider. Yeah. He would use my cyclist quotes in his Dirt Rider Oh, he would? And I'd be like, dude, <laughs> I got that quote. But you know? when I see a byline of both of you guys, what happened there? Like, how does that work? How does that, you, you're both at the race? Yeah, no. Somebody gets the would, riders? He would cover the 125 class oh, okay. or, or oh, something. Something like that. Person, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was always wondering, like, I'm like, what, what, how would they do this? But <laughs> hilarious to see that in Cycle News. Yeah, it, together. You know, Don Maeda and Davey Coombs, just buddies uh, yeah. writing for Cycle News. Um, so ironic that we're in uh, Jeremy McGrath's race shop here where mm-hmm. we just filmed um, for your Swap Moto Live thing because right now COVID, where you normally filmed, is shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, your biggest controversy was of my Jer- career. Of your yeah. career. It was yeah. a Jeremy McGrath photo shoot where he was switching from uh, Fox to No Fear. Yeah. And you uh, got a photo of him. And, uh, God, he was... I, the first ever podcast I did with Jeremy. Oh, he was ripping me on He ripped you in that yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Like 2000, whatever. Nine, ten, whatever. So, um, so yeah. here's here's what happened there. It's like MC and I were buddies, right? Yep. And I had a lot of, like, super exclusive access to him because we were good friends, yep. right? And... uh uh, Jeff Sirwall was a sponsor at No Fear when he was a Fox rider, yep. No Fear Casual. And Jeremy used to set it up for me to go down there and get clothes, right? And so, like, it was so cool. You get to go to No Fear, take a shopping cart, yeah. get whatever T-shirts and everything you wanted. And, you know, because they made a lot of stuff other than the dumb T-shirts, yeah. right? They yeah, yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. Flannels oh, and yeah. jeans and everything. So uh, I would always give Sirwall photos of Jeremy for free, yep. whatever I wanted, yep. right? Like, uh, you know, like a lot of the posters that they sold were my photos. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I remember when he was making the switch from Fox to No Fear. I was also at, uh, obviously, MX Racer. Yep. But MX Racer Dirt Rider, we, pu- we published the Supercross yearbook that year. Okay. We had that contract. And uh, so anyway, Sirwell's like, hey, we need photos of the gear and I go, Hey, also I need a photo of Jeremy for the cover of the Supercross program. Yep. And he goes, yeah, we need to add photos and yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. And I go, yeah, no problem. And, uh, he goes, what's it going to cost? And I go, no, nothing it costs nothing. But what I want is I want the first set of no fear gear of any media people. I want to debut it. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes deal. And I go, okay. So we go to the Supercross track. I shoot all the photos. Yeah. Slide film at the time, right? Yeah. Developed slide film, gave every single slide to No Fear. Yeah. Uh, except the one for the cover of, of the, the Supercross program, program yeah. right? And we, we agreed on it. Um, <laughs> and then, so, MX Racer, Dirt Rider, we did not have a website at the time. Mm-hmm. Racer X had a website. Yep. I go, you know, uh, in between motocross.com chat room yeah, sessions, yeah. I go yeah. to Racer X. What do you know? Pictures of No Fear gear on their website. So I'm like, yeah. I'm all, dude, you screwed me. You said, oh, I thought you meant wear no fear. No, you wanted, no, no. The, you wanted, the, I wanted the, the gear. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted a photo gear. of the gear or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Got wanted it. to break the news. Got it. Yep. But it was on Racer X's website. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> and he goes, well, you don't have a website. And I'm all, we had this agreement. And he goes, well, all right, here's what you could do. And he gave me back a picture of Jeremy standing there in the gear. Yeah. And, Jeremy had a column, an editorial guest editorial column in MX Razor. Uh-huh. He goes, you could use this in his column. He actually wrote that or you wrote it for him? I wrote it for him. Okay. But uh, I wrote RCs too. Um, who? You know who wrote his own? Adam. Oh, really? For Transworld, yeah. Uh, Trey Kennard, I wrote Trey Canards for mm-hmm. Racer X, but I talked to him on the phone at least. No, no, no. Yeah, I yeah, would yeah. talk to them. Oh, okay. It, it would okay. be an interview. Yeah. 
But anyway, so Sir Wall's all, well, here's his picture. Yeah. I go, okay, sick. And uh, I'm like, dude, dude, the tear sheets are going to come out like December 26th, 27th. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. If Fox wants to get tough, he's not riding. His contract says he can't ride. Anymore. Yeah. He's yeah, just standing, he's standing there. there. I'm like, huh? all right. <laughs> You're like, dude, well, I was in my 20s. Yeah, right? no, so, it's a okay. big deal. Right. So did it. Shit hit the fan. Yeah. And uh, Jerry said it cost him $30,000, I think. I think it might be more. Was than it more that. than that? Yeah. 60000 Yeah, I think it's like 60000 60, Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Fox lost their mind. Yeah, yeah, so Fox loses their mind. It comes out early. And I, I was like, I heard about it. I'm like, fuck, shit. Yeah. So I go up to Jeremy in the will call line at uh, Anaheim, and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, this thing, <laughs> Sir Wall told me, gave yeah. me the picture, and he looked at me, he's like, that's not what he said. And uh, all MC said was like, it's going to take me a while to get over this dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Sir Wall wouldn't take my calls. Oh, and shit. And all that. And like, so he threw me under the bus. Like, yeah. He, I think he told Jeremy, like, yeah. Don kept that photo and he yeah. fucked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was nothing intentional on my part. You know, <laughs> it's like, yes, I was the boss or I was the editor. Yeah. I should have known yeah. better, but I was like, so that sounds like a five-year thing with you and Jeremy where you 12. got 12 years. 12 years. You guys wouldn't talk. Yeah, we didn't talk. Yeah. yeah. And then it got kind of worse, too, because um, by guilty by association, Jeremy wouldn't talk to Garth when, oh, I, started, yeah. when I started Transworld. Yep. Because this happened at MX Racer, right? Yeah. And yeah. So when I started Transworld, um, McGrath was still racing. And, uh, yeah, he wouldn't talk to Garth. And Garth grew up with Jeremy in Canyon Lake. Okay. And so they were bros yeah I mean, Arthur's yeah, yeah pissed that jeremy would blow him off right because just because he worked for me yep and so um kind of like you know Gar- garth started like taking little shots at him in the magazine and oh stuff, yeah but i let it happen yeah I let him yeah, do it. yeah and i think the worst was uh you know when jeremy retired with yep. the with the bud light gear yep. um thor had sent us some gear and said hey push this stuff because we have a lot of it <laughs> yeah so Garth put in the magazine, his caption was like, if you're man enough to wear this Bud Light gear, they have a lot left because there's somebody that wasn't man enough. No way. He just blew Jeez. Jeremy out, right? And so I was Jeez, like. It seems I'd like Garth to do that, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I was like, dude, that's kind of gnarly. Yeah. But all right. All right. Yeah, yeah but all right. So anyway, <laughs> so it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And uh, finally uh, at Transworld Motocross, we did that. Do you remember we did the award show? Yeah, I was a presenter for one of them. Yeah, in Las yeah. Vegas. So, no, oh, I did I did one at the Grove. The Grove. Okay, so the Las Vegas was the first one. Yeah. And I was like, Rockstar wanted to present the Lifetime Achievement Award. And I'm like, we can't give it to anyone but McGrath yeah. for the first one. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to give it to Roger DeCosta or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. McGrath is the hero of our era. I got to give it to Jeremy. And uh, I was like, man... He hates me, though, yeah. you know? I'm going to do this. You know? And uh, so I, I reached out to Victor Sheldon. Oh, yeah. And I said, hey, I need your help patching things up with me and MC. And uh, Victor's like, okay, I'll talk to him. Then he calls me, like, oh, it's not that good, you know? <laughs> he goes, you need to just reach out to him, send him an email. Yeah. So I sent Jeremy a long email. Yeah. And I would say there was like five, six back and forth. Yep. And he was like not into it. And finally I go, look, dude, you are the hero of our era. Yeah. I'm giving it, I'm awarding it to you whether you want it or not. Yeah. Um, maybe Victor could come accept it on your behalf. Yeah. And I think at that point he was like, well, he's going to do this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So he came to the show. Oh, he did. Yeah. And he accepted it and we shook hands and we like 
cautiously rebuilt our friendship yeah. through the yeah. years. And so that was what over right. 10 years ago now, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, he's such an awesome guy because once he says he forgives you, yeah, he really, he really does, does. Right. Yeah. And I was always uncomfortable around him still. Like, but if he showed up at Paula and I was there or something, he would make it a point to walk over to my truck. Yeah. Hey Don, how's it going? What's up? Right. And I right. talked to him. And, so there was like these little baby steps of building a friendship back. Yeah. And then, I was blown away, dude, at, at San Diego Supercross was the race after we all got laid off, right? Okay. I was, Donnie, my my uh, general manager, he's like, Let, let's go watch the race. You know, you're not working the race. Yeah, yeah. I was still working the race for no reason. I Because yeah. I created a Swap Moto Live Squarespace website. Okay. And yeah. I still did How Was Your Weekend. Yeah. I still did podcasts and stuff. But as far as watching the race, I wasn't going to get down there and shoot photos in that mud, right? Right, so right. He's like, let's watch in Jeremy's suite. I was like kind of hesitant about it, you know, but I'm like, okay. Yeah. I went up there and I remember Kim came up to me. I was like, you need a beer. You don't have a beer in your hand. She yeah, needed yeah. a beer. And I was like, oh, that was so nice. Yeah. That's cool. And Jared comes up to me and he like grabs me by the neck, kind of like Chad Reed did to Bubba. Yeah. And he goes, hey, fucker, you better not. You better not quit. You know? Yeah. Keep going. We need your voice. Yeah. yeah. And I looked at him and I'm like thinking, dude, he's saying this to me. Yeah. After all we've been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, you need to keep this going. We need you. Yeah. The sport needs you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then we're talking about it. He goes, what's it going to take to get Transworld back? And, you know, that was one of those very yeah. real possibilities. Yeah. And I go, ah, I think at the high end, you know, our investment's going to be like a million bucks because, you know, if we get the magazine back for, you know, 750 or something, yeah, we're going to yeah, need yeah. starting capital. Yeah. And he's all, huh? Yeah? What's so hard about that? And I'm like, I ain't got a million bucks, dude. <laughs> you know, the difference is yeah. like, I've worked on this like yeah. salary. My I didn't want a bunch of Supercross titles, yeah. bro. Yeah, I didn't win a bunch of titles. And he's right. all, dude, you do not believe in yourself? And I go, no, I believe in myself. And he goes, million bucks. People buy houses for a million bucks. Yeah. They finance it over 30 years. You can tell me you couldn't make it. Yeah, he's got a point. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. And the words that he said to me that resonated was like, business isn't hard. It's only hard because you haven't done it. Yeah. And I'm all easy for you to say, dude, you know, cause you have, you know, all yeah. this plane to fall back yeah. on if your, your ventures don't pan out or yeah. whatever. And oh, he's a hell of a guy. He's but he always, said, yeah. you know, he said to me, he goes, fuck it. I'll buy it for you. And I looked down and I was like, oh, you're going to buy it for me. You want to be yeah. a magazine publisher? And he yeah. goes, no, not really, but. It'd be a good way to like kind of ensure that I still get some coverage, and I'm all, <laughs> oh, bitch, you get coverage from me anyway. I yeah. put you in the co on the cover this year, right, right, you know, and, yeah. And uh, but he was super supportive. That's and awesome. It's funny because then I was in the, uh, well, I don't remember. RV was Yamar but He was in a semi he wasn't supposed to be in. Yeah, I was interviewing someone, and yeah. RV came up and he's like slaps me on the knee. What the hell, Don? Are we buying a magazine or what? <laughs> and like RV was going to back me. Yeah, yeah. Sir, I have Jeremy McGrath yeah. and Ryan Villapoto right. both saying they will give me money to yeah. buy Transworld back. Yeah. And then I'm like, wow. That's pretty cool. The magazine must matter if people want to do yeah. this, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, as it didn't, it didn't turn out yeah. the way it did. And, and uh, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. I always bug RV and I get them going. I'm just like, how much money do you have? Like when you log on, like I log into my bank every day. Right. And I just, I look at my bank balances like, when you just see, like, all these zeros, like, what's that like? And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he's, he gets really awkward, right? He gets really yeah. weird. And I'll do it publicly, too, on the show. And I'll just be like, how much money do you have, like, right now? Like, I'm in your one account that you can get to. He's like, oh, it's all tied up. And I'm like, 
<laughs> he just doesn't like. He doesn't want to go there at all. Yeah, he's best. I go. Hey, what's it like? What's it like to just know that you could buy it if you wanted something? You'd buy it. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. You could just buy it. He's not. Nah. That's that. It's not yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, so he tells you the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, your, your, your big brother, Ross, uh, there isn't too many people in industry that's smarter than Ross Maeda. Uh, started Enzo, uh, worked for KYB forever, started Enzo Suspension. Um, seriously, one of the greatest guys in the sport. Uh, growing up, was he super smart the whole time about motorcycles? And I know there's kind of an age difference between you, you guys. You know that you, he's 14 years old. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say there's an age difference between you guys. So, I I, I mean, he was – like I was, a, I was a full accident, right? Yeah. Like I even asked my mom later on. I realized, was I an accident? Oh, you were a surprise, <laughs> Donnie. But, I mean, Rossi and John were like dad two and dad three to okay. me, right? Yeah. And uh, – so I, yeah, I mean, I was a little kid, and Ross was the badass. So you're ten, one. he's twenty four, yeah, and he's already full in the suspension stuff and everything. No, else. no, oh, I, oh. Uh, my earliest memories of my brother Ross was being a badass motocross racer, right? Yeah, okay. Like he was a top pro in California. Was he? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew and, he raced. I didn't know he was like, yeah. good at it, but yeah, yeah, he was badass. Yeah. So, um, I, he was just always Ross the racer, yeah. right? And then I remember he got a job at uh, Sudco. Okay. Which is a distributor of Mikuni carburetors. Yeah, carburetors. Right? Yeah. And I remember being a little kid, and he was designing. He was drawing because he's very artistic. He's yeah. drawing a carburetor. Uh, I think it was for a sticker or something. He okay. was drawing it. And so I remember I was drawing carburetor too, and yeah, I looked yeah. all janky and stuff. But uh, he worked at Sudco first, and then he became a test rider for KYB. Okay. Through uh, I think through Aki Goto, who's a very good family friend of ours, and he's he's the man who invented the quad. Oh, really? For Suzuki. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just you know? did one with Gary Denton. We got into that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, anyway, so Ross forever has been a motocross industry guy yeah. and a racer. Yeah. And the guy that I look to, to the most for motocross. Yeah. Right? Um, he, like, I wasn't allowed to ride when I was little. Yeah. Because my older brother, John, broke his leg very badly and was in, I remember him being at a cast for like a year. Yeah. Like a full yeah, like, like a yeah. full femur thing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, my mom was like, "Oh, Donnie's not gonna ride dirt bikes and get <laughs> get hurt." And uh, on top of that, like all three of us were asthmatic, exercise yeah. asthmatics uh, in our youth, but because I wasn't allowed to do anything, I and I had asthma. Yeah, you know, I got super fat when I was little. And I didn't do anything. Yeah, and so you know, I, I owe much of my life to my oldest brother John because when I was in junior high, how much he, older is he than Ross? I think two or three years okay. older than Ross, yeah. but he, he at the time was like farting around an ATC 110. Yeah. Like riding it around with an open face helmet, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> riding around in Indian dunes on the trails. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, uh, he told my dad like, yo dad, Don's a dork. He, like, <laughs> he doesn't have any friends and he's fat. Yeah. And he has no self-confidence and every kid needs their thing. So yeah, let, yeah. let's let me, let's let, buy him a three-wheeler, I'll take him riding with me and stuff. So that's that what was it was. Three-wheeler started, And yeah. the three-wheeling, just trail riding on it, I became cool to my friends because I did something that they didn't yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And it gave me the self-confidence and, yep. the, you know, the little self-esteem building three-wheeler changing yeah. my life. But but then, you know, the whole time Ross is like, you're ignorant. Three-wheelers are stupid. But right? but as Ross, uh, when, you're a, when you're into moto, or maybe you weren't into moto, maybe it was three-wheelers only, but like at some point, there's such a big age difference. Ross is in Europe or doing 
working with Hannah and working with these, and you're just a kid still. Yeah, so I don't remember that. Oh, so was, you don't even remember that kid. kind of stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember he would go to Japan and be gone for yeah. a while and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, he already Because I would think that would be the coolest thing ever if you were to remember it. Yeah. To be into the sport, and then your older brother yeah. is like... See, because I wasn't allowed to ride, right? Yeah, I yeah. just knew Ross was really good at riding dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah. And I knew he was important somehow. Yeah. And I knew that he would come home and bring me these Supercross t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And that was the extent of it. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he would yeah. give me... You really didn't know what your yeah. what your bro was doing, yeah. Uh, and then when I started racing the three-wheeler thing, he always was just... <laughs> just... He was embarrassed of me and like, <laughs> telling me I was dumb and stuff. You're like, Jimmy White, dude. He's yeah. making good money. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I'm like, Jimmy White, dude. Jimmy yeah. White's sick. And he's like... <laughs> Jimmy White's a goon, yeah. you know, but he knew him, so he yeah. gave me a jersey. Or yeah, sticker, yeah. But um, Jimmy White on the on the Takati with the green JT gear. I mean, yeah. dude, the best. It's a solid look. Open right. face helmet. Yeah, yeah, with his mustache. Right, sick. But uh, Ross was super like embarrassed of having a little brother race three yeah, wheels. Yeah, right? yeah. So then you know quads came out, and yeah. my dad lost interest, didn't want to spend a lot of money getting quad. So then I started riding Ross's leftover 125s. Okay. And then I started riding in the hills with Ross, and then I really realized his his reach and yeah. the importance in the industry. Yeah. By that time, he had already started Enzo racing out okay. of his garage. Yeah. Because he was full-time. What year was this about? What do you think this is? Range? Well, the, the year that I started riding dirt bikes was like 84. Oh, so 85. Enzo was around there back then? Yeah. Oh, but okay. it was a side, yeah, side yeah, gig yeah, in his yeah. garage. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what year he went full time Enzo and, and got a co- consulting yeah, yeah. contract with Kayava, but right. but um yeah he used to do Enzo racing out of his garage at his house and uh, I remember I remember when he did the big switch yep. and went, but I don't know the year yeah, or whatever, yeah. but uh, but yeah so you started like getting into moto now and now you're talking to Rick Johnson or Hannah or DeCoster and they're telling you about the, your brother. Probably, yeah. or yeah. I don't know those guys in particular, but people, mm-hmm. important people are probably talking to you about your brother and how smart he is and how awesome he is, right? Like, I yeah. mean, it, that would have been pretty cool. You know, so then when I started riding moto with him and thinking moto was awesome, yeah. he would take me to the supercrosses and give me pit passes yeah. and stuff, right? So I remember the first one I went to with a pit pass with Ross, and it was me and Kurt Rude. You know Kurt yeah, Rude from Kawasaki? Yeah, yeah, of course. So Kurt Rude was my, my brother's little protege. Yeah. yeah. And... And I was, it was so funny. I was always competing I for Ross's. Kurt from uh, uh, Berg. Yeah. Berg, uh, yeah. Berg Racing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But I was always competing for Ross's attention with Kurt. <laughs> with Rude. Because Ross, uh, you know, Kurt was riding a mini bike and I was still riding a three wheeler. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Kurt yeah. was cooler to Ross than me. But <laughs> but anyway, so it was the three of us went to the Supercross and Kurt and I were all pumped to be walking down yeah. the pits. And I had this distinct memory of. Uh, where we had to park at the Coliseum, you had to walk across Exposition Park to get okay. into the pits. Doug Dubok was walking in his gear, pulling his gear bag. Yeah. And he's walking. I'm like, oh, dude, that's Doug yeah. Dubok. And he, like, hits Ross in the back. Hey, Ross. Yeah. And Ross is all, oh, Dr. D. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. Dubok just talked to Ross. He knows Dr. D. You know? And it was funny because at the time I had this gnarly mullet, right? Okay. <laughs> like the kind of mullet where the front is up. Yeah. And I had the full oh, Larry Ward, like the, the yeah, Larry. No, spiked in the yeah, front. Yeah. Along the, and I had Oakley blades on. Right. Right. Who didn't have Oakley blades back then? And I remember <laughs> we're walking and we're getting into the pits. And I want to say Guy Cooper and Fred Andrews are there, right? Okay. 
And Fred Andrews looks at me and goes, look, it's the Chinese Terminator. <laughs> I just remember thinking, what? Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, pretty cool to grow up with, with a guy that's almost done everything in the industry. Yeah. Ross has. I mean, everything. and then, you know, when I got my first dirt bikes and stuff, like my first bike that I bought myself, my own money was an 87 Honda CR250R. Oh, yeah. And Rossi brings home David Bailey's plastic for me. No way. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was before full graphics, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was the wing, the American flag, HRC. And HRC. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had full. Couldn't have been an 87 because Bailey got hurt in 86, the end of 86. Okay. So it might have been Rick Johnson's Yes, RJ's. Plastic. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, but, uh, yeah, I had. Yeah, you were just like. Oh. Dude, I had the six. And the back fender with a one piece sticker on Oh, no way. Oh, you brought everything. Oh, brought everything. It, was, yeah, yeah. it was the best. <laughs> and then, you know, like, and then in 88, I, I switched to Suzuki's and he got me George Holland's helmet. Oh, yeah. Like the yeah. Uh, Kohler Colors one. Yep. That, with the numbers painted and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and I had. It, it was just like Ross would bring these treasures home. Yeah, for, me, for sure. And huh? I would just be freaking out, you yeah. know, like, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was just. Crazy. Yeah. Like having a brother like Ross that was oh, that. I mean, he's just, he's been so influential in the industry. And, you know, I worked with him with a few riders over the years. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, these riders, they love him. Yeah. They love him. When, when, when Ross showed up, it was, well, a couple things. Hey, we got our team test guy. You know, he's good. We like him and everything else. Hey, Ross is coming out. Like, mm -hmm. The big de big deal today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're going to get some stuff done today with Ross. And I, and I always remember Ross, whether it was Nick or the factory Yamaha guys, or I want to say I worked with him at K with Kalos a little bit. There's no ego on Ross, right? There's not like, he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's not going to tell you. Right. Mm -hmm. And he would always, um, I remember him dealing with certain suspension guys that, you know, there's always this ego, right? You want to be the guy that fixes it. Yeah. And Ross would be, you could tell he was like, I don't think that's going to work, but we can try it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and then eventually the, the, the Ross would sort of, because you got to be politically correct. There was the, an OEM suspension guy and a KYB guy. Yeah, you know, you know? what's funny so, is there's so much politics. hundred percent. You don't even you know, think about like, it. Yeah. Like, uh, remember you know, when Roxon put on Showa's on a Suzuki? Like, yeah, the, it, or, but, or vice versa. But I don't even, uh, even things as political as like things that Ross has invented. Yeah factory won't let him put it on the bike because yeah. they didn't think they of it. didn't they didn't do it yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. no i i talked to uh uh dag boysen who's dad ivan obviously and mm -hmm. i mean ivan had some great ideas and they're like yeah no that's not we're not putting that on our bike like, yeah we didn't come up with that that's not our technology mm -hmm. right so yeah. you're totally right but uh, you know the most recent uh moment i had where i was like like all warm and yeah. proud to be ross's little brother is right. like i go into the uh Yamaha truck to do a How Was Your Weekend, and, and Barsh is all, yo, dude, I got to work with your brother this week. Oh, and really? All, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? You never worked with him before? No. What? This was the first time. He had never worked with him? Yeah. I guess not, right? Because yeah, Honda cause, and, yeah, show us. But uh, Barsha was pumped. Yeah, He was yeah. like, dude, your brother is so smart. Dude, he right, He made my yeah. bike so good. Because remember, he was bragging about his bike making progress from, yeah. like, round three on? Yeah. Yeah, Barsha was just pumped. Right. And, and, and I remember... Talking to Ross, uh, maybe around the Kalos time or when I was, I don't know. And I was just like, this guy is so cool. He's so cool. He's just like a no ego, 
super smart guy, tells stories, like, you know, and, and if he doesn't know something, he'll be like, I don't know, yeah. you know, and he'll just admit it. Yeah. And you're just like, this is the kind of guy I want to be. Like, I want to be a guy like that, like, like who's like, you know, everybody likes and everybody respects. I mean, there wasn't one rider I worked with over the years that it wasn't like, you know, like, I, I can't wait till Ross, 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 what do you think, Ross? Mm-hmm. You know? That's it. So, yeah. uh, that's the ultimate kind of respect that you get, and and I know DeCoster feels that way, and, and, and people who worked with him the whole yeah. year, the whole time. I, I've told unlike you, you and I, hey, who, nobody I, likes you know. <laughs> I've told this story before, but I, I it's it's so funny. I have to tell you, like, um, my dad passed away. I, I was like January second or something, the year that he passed away, mm-hmm. and it was like that weekend was Anaheim one, yeah, and I went to the Anaheim one press day, and like I was like I have to work, I have to. Just, yeah do this yeah and roger DeCoster came up to me i was like oh donnie i'm so sorry i heard about your dad yeah and i was like oh, thank you and he goes oh, i just can't believe it i can't believe it and i was like thinking like because my dad knew plenty of people okay right, from yeah. back in the yeah. day when he yeah. was building ross's bikes yeah. and stuff yeah. and, but i was thinking oh the, he could have met roger you know because ross knew roger back in the yeah day. yeah and and i go yeah you knew my dad pretty well and he goes oh yeah he used to do my suspension. <laughs> 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 I was like, dude, that's dude, Ross. That's Ross, Ross. Is my brother. <laughs> so like that, that was the bright point of my day. Yeah. You know, that was probably the first time I laughed after my dad died. Yeah, really, right? And then Roger's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> my bad. Pretty good. Um, oh, that's funny. A Racer X, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Don Maeda, presented by Maxis and, uh, and Renthal. Uh, good stuff, man. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, thanks yeah. for doing this. Thanks for inviting thanks. me down here. Thanks, Mountain Johnny. bike, shot swap moto live. You're doing a uh, podcast yeah. with me, so for yeah. Racer X. For wait, 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 there's no time limit on this, right? No, no. Let's, let's, dude, we had so much fun this morning riding mountain bikes. Yeah, yeah. And, and how was, much fun factor does it RV bring to the ride? He's uh, he's amazing. He's incredible. And yeah. that's I brought Kellen out from Racer X, yeah. and, and I and uh, Kellen's new to the industry, and but he you know he's into this stuff, and I said to him. You, you gotta go. You gotta get the RV experience. Like you just gotta get that, that, that experience. Yeah. And and you know when he comes into Pulp Show, he was in Vegas for something, and he comes in and yeah, he's just he's a whirlwind of of awesomeness. Yeah. How about how I texted you? Way to make it awkward, Steve. Yeah. Because I interviewed Kellen. Yeah, I interviewed Kellen. Uh, like a few right. months before we all got clipped, but yeah. uh, I ended up going with Austin Roar. I, I just wanted Kellen to experience Ryan Villapoto yeah. in all his glory. Dude. There he is. And it could have been far there better he if he didn't have to go look at that mansion that yeah. he wants to buy. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But um, like we went on a ride. We went on a group ride last weekend or last Thursday or Friday. Yeah. It was Brian Lopes leading us Yeah. on a regular bike because yeah. he's an animal, but it was RV, Cole Seeley. A Ray, myself, Troy Lee. Oh yeah, I brought Donnie Wilson, my ma- general manager, and yeah. uh, Kenny Taco Bell. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Kenny Taco Bell is mountain biking. No, it was his second mountain bike oh. ride ever, <laughs> dude. He still says I screwed him because I, yeah, I was like, he'll be all right. Because RV had told me about the ride that he did previous. Yeah. He's all, yeah. This guy came with any flat pedals. He'd never really ridden mountain bikes. Yeah. And I'm all, oh, RV said this guy did it, and he's yeah. fine. I go. Troy Lee's coming. Yeah. Troy Lee's older than me, and yeah. I'm old. Right. So y'all be fine. Dude, Kenny was eating shit. I guess he has poison oak all over his whole body. Oh, no way. Because he was crashing <laughs> into the bushes. But then some of the stuff Lopes took us on was gnarly. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, I was fine with it because thankfully I've done a bunch of downhill yeah, stuff. But, yeah, but uh, dude, RV, he was telling you about it. He ate shit yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. We are going up this rock stair step section, and 
He looped out. And he goes, and he goes to right, and I'm climbing up behind him. And I, the e-bikes are weird, because have you ever, like, kind of lost control and then been caught off guard yeah, by the assist? Yeah, by the assist, yeah, for sure. Dude, he looped out at the top, looped out, and he fell, like, three feet down, straight on his back, and his hands are still on the bars, and his feet are still connected to the pedals. <laughs> He looks like a turtle upside down, and then he tumbles down the next one and lands on tires and then goes on the next one. It was, dude. I thought he was going to be hurt. Yeah, yeah. And he gets up and he's just laughing. He's just laughing. Yeah. 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 No, he's uh, he's one of a kind, man. And uh, um, like we were talking about in your show, um, it's a lot of pe- a lot of media didn't like him when he yeah. raced. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't like, they just felt intimidated by him or they couldn't get anything out of him. He would just mumble his answers or, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and you and I got to know him behind the scenes and he was, he was incredible. I yeah. Mean, I would go in there if, if Stu had the fastest practice time, I'd go in there and be like, shit. I'm like, it's raining yellow tonight, bro. He looks good. And like most guys would be so spun. He was like, ah, he loved yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he loved it. You know? And I'd just be like, he looks good tonight. <laughs> Dude, <that's, laughs> and I just think back, like how many racers could you ever say that to? You know, yeah. it was him. It was yeah. him. That was it. So it was phenomenal to, to have him out there today. You know, what's cool about today is, uh, he's, he's good on a mountain bike. Yeah. Like he's really good. And it's, it's, uh, he, he does stuff on it that like, like gnarly mountain bike. Yeah. Do, right. Yeah. Like he did this big drop that yeah. he had on his Instagram. Yeah. But, uh, but the last time we rode, we were hauling us out and there's this giant double that I've been looking at forever. Yeah. And it was me. And then area was behind me and RV was last. And all of a sudden area comes up. I did it. I did it. Cause I went around. Yeah. It, and I go, what? He goes, I did that big jump. I go, oh, let's go back. I want to see you do it, and then I'll try it. Yeah. So we rode back to it, and RV followed him. And then A-Ray comes hauling ass on the corner, and he sends it, and RV sends it behind me. And I'm thinking, oh, sick. I'm going to do it, too. And then they kept going. Oh, so yeah, I'm all, yeah. well, fuck. I'm yeah. not going to do it by myself. So I got on my bike. and went. So I've been thinking about that jump yeah. for like two weeks now. Right, right. And so today I'm just like, hey, dude, I'm, I'm going to follow you over that. Yeah. And we're going. Yeah, you and, got it easy. But we pe- we pedaled past the assist. Assist yeah, yeah. cuts off at 18 miles an hour, and I'm yeah. going. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make this jump. But I'm watching him, and he's pedaling with his, like, ginger legs going in front of me. <laughs> like, ah, I'm I mean, it. especially it was, on a mountain bike, I feel like if you just keep the speed, like, you, it's not a lot of, you know, m- motocross stuff. You got to yeah, d- do some different stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Yeah, it was it was awesome. But uh, that's, that yeah, that's fun. Yeah, And was, then you pressured me into that other one. Yeah, I see. Because yeah, RV did it, and you're like, oh, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> not that I did anything. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing anything, but I, I'll watch you guys. Yeah. Uh, and we saw that 11-year-old huck that huge gap. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll probably say the next time we go back, RV's going to hit that. Yeah, yeah, just then, out of shame. Yeah, maybe I'll call um, him over it. Let's, let's end this thing, though, because i got to head up to the desert. But before we do that, JS7. Yeah. Now, you're the you're the media guy that's closest to James yeah. throughout his whole career. I'm probably second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good relationship with him. We texted a lot. I had the heads up on a few things with him and stuff, and I think he liked the fact that I had an audience that he could bring. But you were, without a doubt, closer to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's the uh, minority thing. I don't know. Oh, we, no. we did. We said that. You think they were really? I was joking. But Oh, we used to say the minorities have to stick together. Oh, okay. That's why we always say black and yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's back a little bit. He came out to yeah. to, to Orlando or uh, no Tampa. Came out mm-hmm. to Tampa. So I'll he, tell you this he though. Is, but so dude, he's in Tampa, right? Yeah. He, uh, I hear he's there, dude. It's so funny. I got this like oh, James is here, right? Yeah. James is here somewhere, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, I gotta see him. 
And so obviously I go to the white shadow and I tell Roger, I got to see, I got to see James. Yeah. And he goes, okay. Yeah. He says that he wants to see you. So it's like, oh, yeah, he will see you. He will, get, he will grant so, you an audience. So then I go to the uh, motorhome, and he goes, and Roger's like, he don't want to do an interview or anything. I'm, no, no, I just want to see him. Yeah. And so I go in there, and I'm like, I was actually kind of nervous to see him. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, I go in there, and he's like, what's up, China? And I'm just like, yeah. oh, it's the same old yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I sat in the motorhome and goofed around with him for, you know, quite some time. And, yeah. Um, I forgot. I think I got him to do something for my vlog. In the motorhome, yeah. like said some fun. Oh, I was like, oh, hey, I found Elvis. And he yeah, was like, yeah. Hey, thank you very much. But uh, then you know, so we joked around or whatever, and then I ran into him in the tunnels afterwards, yeah. walking with his kids. And and uh, after the race, when I was doing the How Was Your Weekend interviews yeah. and stuff, I was like, hey, let's do How Was Your Weekend. He goes, oh, okay. And so then he's oh, like, oh, you did it? Yeah, oh, it was okay. in How Was Your Weekend. He's oh, like, yeah, oh. okay. Yeah, I go, how was your weekend, James? He's like, oh, I didn't qualify. <laughs> you know, I wasn't fast enough. But, uh, it's good to have him back. I wish he'd come out more. Yeah. Uh, I've texted with him back mm-hmm. and forth. Uh, I, I didn't see him that weekend. I went to go see him. Uh, mm-hmm. So they said, oh, he's talking to Chad right now. Mm-hmm. And I went over there and they were gone. Other, yeah. other than that, I wasn't going to text him or whatever. But I, I, I've always liked James. Did he do some weird things? Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was uh, uh, had so much money and so much fame that he got a little weird at times. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, that and he was managed by people that I think he didn't trust. Oh, really? And yeah. Things happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, early on, remember the year he was at the U.S. Open for press day and then didn't race? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a big yep. mental freak out thing. Yep. Yep. Um, but I, I, I always found him to be engaging. I was around the Cowie truck a lot with Red Dog when he rode there, and he didn't like Fisher, Mike Fisher then, but mm-hmm. I found him engaging and funny and, and really like honest away from the cameras, right? As you did, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and he knew he was good, but he was funny with it. He was a little bit like RV a yeah. little bit, like a little bit like that. And, uh, I'm glad he's came back, but I wish he'd do a little bit more stuff. I, yeah. I think he says, just, he says his first thing he's going to do is come on the swallow Motor live show. Really? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dude, am I going to have to fly you out first class or something? Yeah. And he's like, Oh yeah. But like, actually there was one, a point last summer when he said he was going to come on and he gave me the date, and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to be on a... I'm oh, you were on a cruise or I'll, something, I'm right? Gonna, I'm going to be on a cruise. Yeah. And he's all, oh. I'm all, I'm going to be trapped on the ocean with my in-laws for like... Yeah. He goes, hey, dude, family first. You got to do that. I'm like, no, no, dude, I'll blow off the cruise yeah. if you're really going to come. He's like, no, you go do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but we talked a little bit at, at Tampa and yeah. stuff, and uh, whether it's a podcast or something, he's promised me he's going to do yeah. it. Because I was like, dude, if you don't do it, I'm going to put it out in podcast form because, like, remember when he first got popped for, uh, you know, the Adderall? Yeah. I had a long interview with him. Like, it's not podcast quality. Yeah. It's yeah. a recording of yeah. my phone on speaker. Right. But probably, it's probably an hour. And uh, he talks about a lot of stuff. And we had done it. And I was going to transcribe it all and type it. Yep. And after we had done it, and he's like, oh, don't, don't use that. Because, you know, I mean, whatever. He did I'm that not, to me, too, once. Yeah. I'm we, not did gonna, a whole, we did a whole podcast. He said, I don't like that. I didn't feel good about that. And yeah. I said, what? And you can't screw him over and do it. Oh, I would never yeah. do yeah. that. And, and and he did it again, but like a month later. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I said to him, you're the only guy I would do this for. I would <laughs> yeah. never yeah. like, you know, because it was the, the conversation that we had was perfectly fine. There was mm-hmm. nothing edgy or anything, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He just said, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. The thing that was gnarly about that conversation. With, with yours. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was crying and oh. stuff. Well, and I get that me. part of it. Okay. And, uh. 
but just joking around him. I'm going to, I'm going to put that up like throwback podcast. He's like, no, don't do that. Yeah. um, Yeah. I, I, uh, I just, I, I wish he'd come around a little more and be a little more comfy. He was always shy anyways. He wasn't a, uh, you know, he's the opposite of of Malcolm, Malcolm, super shy, but, um, man, I'd like to see him around more. I think he's funny. I think he's got a a unique take on things. Mm -hmm. Um, Adam and I did that, you know, finding Stu video in Florida. And, uh, I mean that was that was all just like we want we want we really wanted him to come back like mm-hmm. we really did like mm-hmm. we would we would talk about it or text each other and we're just like hey dude watch this video like YouTube video of Jay and we're just like mm-hmm. oh my god like dude come back yeah <laughs> so uh, I hope he does I hope yeah. he does I and I don't say it from a selfish media point of view I'm sure he will talk to you and do your stuff I don't care I just come back yeah do some stuff because all those race commentaries he did were really yeah. really enjoyable they were good and I was telling him about that too I said those are really good keep those up mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm not I'm not I don't need you to do anything for me I just Nice to have you back, I told him, and, and keep doing those you things. No, I think he was kind of bummed in Tampa because I think he was led to believe he'd be in the booth announcing oh, yeah, that yeah, night. yeah, yeah, And I think there was some egos there. Where With Ricky? Was, yeah, yeah. Like, asked not to come in or uh, told you. No, you'll just be on the floor for a quick interview. Uh, really? I hope yeah. not. I hope yeah, that's I hope. not true, but that would suck because, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, they seem fine yeah. together. I mean, there was a lot of bad blood there though. With Fox. And Ricky and James, mm-hmm. right, and all of that stuff. So maybe, maybe, maybe there's still some. I wouldn't think there'd still be left over, though. But, yeah, I don't know how many years? Right. right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's like you know, eventually we're all older. We all got yeah, kids. Jeremy, if Jeremy can forgive me, yeah, for, you know, yeah, whatever. What was the coolest thing you saw him do? Who? James. James. <sighs> I, you know, early on when I first started dabbling with video, yeah, there was a day where uh, I had Kuya Creek rented for some shootout or something. Yeah. And James heard about it. He's like, hey, can I come? And his Cowie 450. And, uh, you know, it's always awesome when you see a guy on the track that you ride. And Kui was my favorite track yeah. at the time. So to see him do what he did around that track <laughs> was so badass. Yeah. And so I filmed that video. It was it was like a tape yeah. video thing. And I remember I made the, shot this video of him, and it was just so amazing watching him ride Kui that quick and doing his scrub over the big famous rock jump. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, I made a video of it, and Fox was like, "We need that footage." <laughs> yeah. So I gave it to them for something. But yeah, yeah. That that was super cool. Yeah. But we, we went to his house one time, and uh, now he's on Suzuki, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know that place, how big those jumps yeah, were up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just watching, and he's just like whipping it, and he's way up there on the outdoor track, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, and he's, I'm just like, that guy could do anything he wants right now with that motorcycle. He could just yeah. do anything. And he would just go, yeah, whip it and bring it right back to the thing. And you're just, and he was, he was just riding a moto. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you're just like, this is incredible. I'm watching this guy ride a moto right now. Like, yeah. I've watched Tim Ferry and Chad Reed and eight, eight million other guys, but this is, mm-hmm. this is special. Like special. watching this guy ride, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, I hope, I hope he comes back and does some stuff, man. Uh, and I mean, promote seven, promote his line. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll be a win-win thing for him for that. So. Is that it's kind of cool how seven has transcended the James Stewart. It has. Right? Yeah, I mean, it know, has. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, obviously you think of Malcolm now when you think of seven, but I mean, when it first came out, it was called seven. Yeah. I was like, oh dude, I don't know. Kind of like the whole swap model. Right, thing. right. Like, hey, yeah. Would his competitor wear that? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. but yeah, it's awesome. No, I think they've done a good job with that. So. Well, cool, man. Uh, awesome. Thank you for your time. Appreciate yeah, thank it. You. It was a good time. Uh, good luck with everything. Swap Moto Live. SwapMotoLive.com. SwapMotoLive.com. So you need to send some traffic. Well, go there. Life. Yeah, people go there. Go check out Anton. 
<laughs> check out Michael Antonovich, yeah. who I feel sorry for because, you know, I started off as bugging him with his scarves that he would wear. You know, oh, the Europe. Pulp Nation it, just destroyed Yeah, him. I know, I know. And I feel bad. It's like, but I mean, who you know, goes, the to, funniest who thing goes is, to a motocross race with a scarf on? Yeah. Anton. So we're, we're doing a podcast one day and, you know, like I, I, I love Anton, like a brother or yeah. son or whatever. Yeah. He calls me yellow dad, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but I always give him crap. Like, dude, what are you doing? Or what, what? Mm-hmm. His big thing is he wants to please everyone. So he's like, oh, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing yeah, it right yeah, now, right yeah, now. Yeah. So I always tease him like, oh, I, at first I used to call him, I know Antonovich because I'd tell him, oh, I know, I know. Now he's like, right now, Antonovich. <laughs> but so I'm always getting on him. And then like, dude, he does so much stuff that doesn't end up as content. You know, yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes yeah. stuff. Yeah. Could not do this without Anton. But, uh, but I'm always giving him shit. And that's just our dynamic, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But A-Ray's co-hosting a podcast on Monday with us. And Anton's on the phone. And, and I'm teasing Anton. I'm like, hey, so is Monday Kickstart going to be up before the Kickstart podcast today? <laughs> oh, it's almost done. It'll be right up. And then A-Ray starts anonymous giving him shit because, yeah. you know, A-Ray yeah. hears me. Yeah. And A-Ray's going and he's, you know, every time I'm here, it's Don kicking rocks. Like, well, what's Anton doing? <laughs> he's doing all this and that. And later I hear that Anton was like throwing shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just so losing pissed. it. Right, right. Now, now, you know, Don gives me shit. And now A-Ray's going to give me shit. <laughs> so I was like. Yeah, it's, he's, he's great. He's awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun to have him around the pits for sure. Yeah. And, but I, I love how he just buys in who he is. He accepts who he oh, is. Yeah. yeah, all of that. Yeah, so. like I, I just, the thing I don't get are the, the cherry red Doc Martens, man. Yeah. Like, I don't get any of it, but I wear yeah. flip-flops. And, yeah, that's true. I mean, I've, I've been wearing Doc Martens for years, but like all of a sudden he gets a pair, but he gets cherry red vegan <laughs> Doc Martens, and he rolls his pants up so you can see the whole boot. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you, SwapMotoLive.com, for more information on the on what you guys are doing. And uh, thanks to RacerX as well for this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you around. Wait, wait. What? Can we talk about drilling holes in frames? No, we got to go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. 
the working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go by.